Hello and welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. My name is Adam Gobeski. And my name's Charlie Wallace. We have two mm, game guests today. We've got Paul Wilcox. It's great to be here and, and to be game. <laughs> and Doug Gobeski. Hello. Uh, I definitely watched the movie instead of playing the game for this one. Bummer. Uh, yeah, it's because Square Enix did it, so. So it was off-brand. It's, it's a hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> so we are here to discuss, as you may or may not have guessed, the 67th installment of our Mary Marvel Movie March, and uh, almost the end of Phase 3 of the MCU. It is the April 2019 film Avengers Endgame. Avengers Endgame is the story of one uh, Dennis Avengers End. And he's sitting there playing a a game on his computer, and he decides, you know, it's been a good time. I spent a nice hour. You know, I'll quit, I'll save, and come back. And so he goes to, and he finds that uh, he can't. The game does not have a quit game function. So he's like, well, this sucks, because this computer is also my work computer, and it's not letting me alt-tab. So I need to figure out a way to end this game so that I can get on with my life. And it lasts three hours, and uh, the the ending is ambiguous as to whether or not he succeeds or not. <laughs> How is it ambiguous? It just peters out, and they're like, uh, we're done with this movie. <laughs> well, no, he finally finds an option, and uh, it says something like really confusing, like, do you want to not, maybe, yes, not quit this game? And so he pauses for a while, and you can see his face reflected in the monitor, because all you see is the screen. You can see his face reflected in the monitor as he ponders this, and then you see the mouse cursor start to move, and then it cuts to black, but you hear a click, just like The Sopranos. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Spoilers! (laughs) Charlie! Yeah? Three sentences or less, what's the movie really about? You know what? It's a long movie. I'll give you three and a half sentences. (laughs) Wow. So generous. I live to give. (laughs) After the events of Infinity War, where half of the living beings in the universe were snapped out of existence, uh, the remaining Avengers have to find a way to get the Infinity Gauntlet and the Infinity Stones back together. They do this in order to bring everybody back but thanos from another timeline finds out what they're doing and tries to stop them um i still have a sentence and a half you don't have to use the full sentence you can just go for the half paul rudd is also in this see the problem is technically that's a full sentence so you still have a half sentence left paul rudd is also in this riveting no, no, see, so you already <laughs> used that sentence. You got to come up with a new sentence. Oh, now, okay. Like, the people who die include... <laughs> people who die permanently in this film... All right, that's a half yeah. sentence. <laughs> oh. That, that was a little bit harder than I thought. <laughs> How do you Long not movie. finish a sentence? So, so Adam's generosity made things more difficult, is what I'm hearing. That's just usually the case. <laughs> <laughs> That's my monkey's paw generosity. <laughs> I'm glad I used one of my sentences just to say that uh, Paul Rudd was in this. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty important fact. <laughs> he is kind of the linchpin of the whole film. Uh, he is. Actually, yeah. He is? Yeah, things were hopeless without him. Although, really, all he did was give him the idea, right? Well, oh, they had the, the things. 
Okay. The, the thing to test it with, too. Yeah. yeah. And the PIM particles, because it didn't yeah, work the, without those, too. And then the knowledge of Tony Stark. And the, the Hulk, you know, he, he did it, too. <laughs> <laughs> he got really he got really close, you know? <laughs> pretty, pretty good for not uh, having tried that before. Was there someone we didn't need in this movie who didn't provide help? Vision. Oh, that's true. Yeah. No, he was in this movie. He was? Yeah, he was the sixth uh, Infinity Stone, right? <laughs> like, is he? I still don't understand. Like, I kid, like I what kid. Vision is like as a being. <laughs> I really thought he was just going to be like, I don't understand who Iron Man is. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's been a few movies, but I would like to go back to this. What do you want to talk about, Charlie? Uh, whether we had seen this or not. <laughs> oh yeah uh i saw it in theaters because uh as an mcu fan that it kind of felt like how could you not the world's not good enough at keeping spoilers to to avoid it so saw it in theaters the weekend it came out and bought the blu-ray shortly after it came out not right when it came out i uh, i think i waited until i visited michigan so i could pay a lower sales tax and then uh yeah watch it just now it's important that we know by the way that i was trying to pay a lower sales tax. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just happy that you want to support Michigan. Next time fly over some change too, because we can <laughs> <laughs> I had never seen this movie. I knew we were gonna get to it in the March, and so I just refrained from it. I mean I kind of knew what was gonna happen going into it. It was just like how much can memes and pop culture have spoiled this for me? I mean, what was the answer? I didn't really know. It turns out I didn't know much. I mean, I knew everybody was coming back. I, I think we all knew that. I knew about old man Steve Rogers. I knew about Smart Hulk. Is that what they call him? Sure. That works. That's about it. I mean, and I knew that um, Ant Man would play a pivotal role with the Pym Particles. But that's just because, you know, all the Paul Rudd fan sites. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's basically the whole movie right there, though. <laughs> so I was kind of I, I was kind of very similar. I hadn't seen this either. And I think I missed it in the theater because I missed Infinity War in the theater. And so I was stuck. And so then I kind of just waited till the march. But I, I actually didn't have as much spoiled as I thought I would either. Because, I mean, I was like, well, I guess they probably have to bring everyone back. But I guess I never really thought about it. I just, like, was very willfully ignorant. But I didn't know anything about who died. And I did not recognize that that was old man Steve Rogers in the meme. I just thought it was a Joe Biden-looking guy. <laughs> like, yeah, that's from something. I don't think I will. That guy. The Joe Biden, I don't think I will meme. <laughs> so i saw this movie in theaters a few weeks after it came out i think saw it for the second time today and uh car sensor regrets not being here on the episode tonight but she did has seen this movie before and she did watch it again with me and her story behind it was that this was the movie that she went to because i think it was opening day and it's the movie she went to saw see before she got induced with our first child so this was like the last thing basically that she did before <laughs> before we had celeste and she had seen like maybe half of the movies 
Like we actually went through the list and it was about half of them, but some very important ones she hadn't seen. Like she said she hadn't seen any of the movies that had Captain America in them. (laughs) So she just wanted to see Endgame? Yeah, because it was out and she wanted to sit in a theater and have fun and get a big bucket of popcorn. MCU MCU the Thanos cut. Yeah. Yeah. I think she said it was 830 in the morning. Wait, wait, wait. They had a showing that early? Yeah, I think it was either... That's crazy. Well, it would have been like the day after opening day or whenever it was. Oh, like where they they just keep going. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it was you and several people who've just been... Like, they've just watched the movie like a dozen times at that point. I mean, it was I guess a you big would, It's movie. a long movie. I guess it'd probably be only like, you know, six times. <laughs> I mean, it was a big movie, right? I mean, it was the red notice of its day. So... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like... For a while, this was the highest grossing movie of all time. A thing that people seem to really care about. Wait, is there uh, another winner now? Uh, Avatar has reclaimed that uh, title. Oh, yeah. Oh, due to the re-release? Yeah. Eh. I feel like this is a thing that says more about people's unhappiness with Avatar being the highest grossing movie of all time, (laughs) rather than the merits of Endgame. (laughs) So, yeah, as far as background goes, um... This is Infinity War Part 2. I don't know what there is to discuss that we haven't already covered. Other than, for a while, like, Infinity War came out, and they were just calling this Avengers 4, because I think it was Kevin Feige, but it might have been the Russo brothers, or possibly uh, all of them, were saying that we can't tell you what the subtitle of Avengers 4 is, because that itself is a spoiler. And then they finally announced that it was Endgame, and everyone was like, how is that a spoiler? (laughs) Hmm. yeah <laughs> wait a second i don't know if that means that at some point there was a a more spoilery title before they won with the more generic end game but <laughs> avengers, avengers we bring everyone back avengers, <laughs> ant-man saves the universe i mean maybe it was called like avengers time heist or something right like <laughs> <laughs> starring eddie murphy <laughs> I'd be disappointed, though, if I went to see Avengers Time Heist and I got, like, the first 40 minutes of this movie. <laughs> I'd be like, that was a real downer. When are we going to get the Time Heist? <laughs> it is an interesting movie, like, Ocean's though, yeah. Avengers. Ocean's Avengers. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought it was interesting how it kind of digs into that Infinity War sadness, I guess, yeah. for a while, where it just feels, like, really, like you know basically hopeless and everyone's super bummed even five years later which part of me was like i was like five years is actually kind of a long time i feel like people would have moved on at least a little bit <laughs> like they at least would have figured out how to collect the garbage in the streets unless it's just a coincidence that san francisco's trash people are on strike you know you, you just gotta move on says sad boy steve rogers Idly rubbing the pocket watch uh, with the picture of his lost love in it. <laughs> you know, just, I just thought it was really great that they, I'm sure it was intentional that they've got the guy who doesn't know how to move on telling people you just got to move on. <laughs> I do want to talk a little bit about that scene though, because uh, Disney gave themselves a huge pat on the back for including an LGBTQIA plus character which is, uh, it turns out, one of the Russo brothers. There was big 
news items before I think the movie actually came out that like Disney was so progressive and stuff. And then this was what happened and people were understandably uh, underwhelmed by it. Wait, what? I, I honestly don't remember that. I feel like I missed this. So in the yeah, like same. in the little group session that he's having where he's talking to the guy and the guy says he started dating again refers to the person he goes on a date with as he. And oh, I guess yeah. this was a big win for Disney. Like, look it's how progressive just, they nah. were. Was this a character? Then this wasn't a character that like was in any other. No, it's literally had. the director making a cameo. It's just a oh okay, like a random side character. Yep. Yeah, just acknowledging the fact that gay people exist in something oh. that could be easily cut if needed. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, release the Ru- release. No, the you're not release wrong. the Russia cut. Yeah, the China cut. Oh yeah, so that scene exists at the uh, tail end of Bob Iger's tenure as the CEO of Walt Disney. In case you needed a reminder of just how bad Bob Chapek has to be to make Bob Iger look good. <laughs> yeah, but so yeah, it's very uh, it's a very sort of somber mood until about yeah forty minutes in, and then it suddenly decides it's going to be a romp as soon as Paul Rudd gets there, right? A little after, but yeah. <laughs> it's a real silver linings playbook. <laughs> it's got Bradley Cooper. I, just wondered, I mean, it's I, a dancing I, movie now. <laughs> I wondered how people thought about that uh, tonal turn or shift. I well, I welcomed it. I was like, enough brooding. This is like, I get it, and I'm here for it. But I don't think you could sustain that for three hours. <laughs> right. I mean, there needed to be a little bit of it at the, the beginning, but it's like, how much? Do you just give that to the audience too? Like, well, they've been sad too, so we'll go off of that. Like, they presumably have seen the first one and know what's gone on. So, how much of it do you need? I'm here for Avengers Endgame. It's my first Marvel movie, right? <laughs> I mean, I I just figure, you know, Paul Rudd shows up. How can anybody be upset by that turn? You know, Conan O'Brien might disagree with you, but. <laughs> <laughs> No, because they don't play a clip from Mac and me in this film. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree that I think it would be, I don't know if it would be difficult to maintain the, the downer mood throughout the whole movie, but I think it would be a lot, it would be like a lot harder to take as an audience. I think like it didn't seem that abrupt to me. It's not like it's throwing away the first part really. Right. Like, Everyone kind of has their like person that like everything sort of stops when they see in in the past. You know, they kind of you know do do all those like storylines. It doesn't feel like it was just like a, all right, here's part part one and part two. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, everybody, not everyone, but you not only get the big everybody comes back at the end, but you get the yeah the people from the past, like parents and people yeah, who have died like, that they uh, get to get to see again. Well, most everybody comes back. Yeah, that's true. Well, let's not jump to the end of the movie. There's three hours to get, well, two and a half hours to get to before that. I know that people thought overweight Thor was pretty funny. And then after a while decided that it was not funny. I think. (laughs) As popular culture, anyway. I hadn't seen it until now, so Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I sort of get that. But I think the thing I took away from it this time is just that, like, like clearly th- overweight Thor is someone who has a lot of trauma that he's 
kind of working through some, you know, somewhat unhealthily with like the drinking and all and the avoidance, you know, somewhat healthily with like talking to his mom and stuff. But the thing I guess I took away from it was that despite that, like he still steps up ultimately and does what he needs to do. And I actually found that kind of like inspiring on a let some level. Honestly, same. I really identified with that Thor. I was like, yep, that's, I mean, maybe not with everything, but I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and it's a relatable Thor, you know? Yeah. And, it, and it's, <laughs> even, it's even nice gods. that, yeah, it's nice that they don't magic away, like, his gut or something, right? Like, even, like, yeah. in his final scene, like, he still has it. Like, it's not like, oh, P.S. I'm as Guardian, so I worked out for five hours, and now I'm fit again. Yeah, yeah. That's what I expected, I mean, actually. it really shows how hard Thor has been working for that bot this whole time. It does. What I really liked there was that, uh, you know, even after he's decided to step up and such, Tony Stark in particular is like, yeah, no, sorry, we we don't trust you. You know, it's not some sort of weird, uh, you know, like Saturday morning special. Oh, yeah, sure. Everything's back to normal. Great. Great to have you back, buddy. It's like, no, you're you're not you're not the right choice for this. <laughs> let's let's have let's have the Hulk. get I do it instead. Yeah, what's with Rhodey shaming Thor like that? This cheese was comment. That was a little bit much. And all I could think to myself was I had a hard time picturing Terrence Howard being that mean. <laughs> Is that because you had a hard time picturing Terrence Howard? <laughs> no, I'm not Tony Stark. No, no. It's just that, uh, you know, the Iron Man movie version of James Rhodes was kind of exasperated but sort of he like he didn't have a mean edge to him the way that uh don Cheadle does in this movie well i suppose maybe that's just uh uh you know intentional because maybe maybe war machine blames thor for not going for the face you know at the end of at the end of infinity war am i giving the movie too much credit maybe just the last five years have hardened him as a person i mean everybody's a little bit not themselves in this movie it seems you know, or they've all changed yeah. in those five yeah. years, you know? Yeah, like Hawkeye murdering all those people. <laughs> you know, I He really, does it with flair, though! For some reason, I thought that that was going to be like a movie set. I was sure of it. Like, I don't <laughs> oh. know why I read it that way when it happened, but I was like, this is just too, like, intense. Like, he you became know, an actor? Is he thought that's he's how he's dealing Japan, with his pain? He's, like, doing these, like, huge spectacle things. And I was like, oh, no, he's actually just, like, killing a bunch of people. Oh. <laughs> like, it just felt like so much that I read it as parody a little bit. <laughs> See, I had comic foreknowledge of the fact that at one point, Hawkeye becomes a character named Ronan because oh. they introduced in uh the early to mid 2000s a quote-unquote new character named ronin but i think they dropped hints that it was someone that we all knew and so everyone correctly guessed that it was in fact daredevil and so i think brian michael bendis if i remember correctly sort of i don't know if panicked is the right word but basically changed it so it's like no it wasn't daredevil it was hawkeye and everyone was like why is it hawkeye okay (laughs) Oh, okay. So if it's Daredevil, that explains a bit more why he's basically a ninja. Yeah. Whereas like like the archery guy is kind of like, how did you get to be so good with a sword and, you know, with martial arts? But yeah, I think that's a legacy of the fact that uh, everyone figured out what Brian Michael Bendis was getting at. And so he felt it necessary to change it so that 
it could still be a surprise or something like that. I also thought so. it was kind of interesting too how that when he's on the street and he kills that guy and he reveals himself, they play it like a big reveal, but they've already stated earlier how he was killing the cartel in Mexico. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, he's going and killing gangsters. And then you see a scene with him killing gangsters. You're like, okay, that's Hawkeye. <laughs> oh, man. That's the guy they told us about earlier. <laughs> I forgot his name, but. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. That's Isn't that the guy. The be- isn't that basically the beginning of Deadpool 2? Yeah, what was it? Deadpool oh. killing a whole bunch of gang guys in different countries? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was uh, it was when Tony Stark died that I got some real Deadpool 2 vibes. <laughs> <laughs> we're just like, we're just like expecting to get back home, but like, oh, man, it's tough to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the uh, CGI emaciation at the beginning. I for, I'd forgotten yeah, the I story behind that. that. Yeah, because I did think for a minute, like, whoa, did he really, like, do that for this role? And then, Went yeah. Really Christian like, no. Yeah, exactly. Wait, who? What? Robert Downey Jr. Did On the spaceship at the beginning, yeah, he is. He is He's pretty thin. He's meant to be. Looking. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, I he looked kind of terrible, that. but I didn't think thin. Yeah, I think it's meant to be that they're they're out of food. It's been three weeks. You're assuming a lot of pre-planning on Star Lord's behalf. Like he's got, like he's got weeks of uh, of MREs just chilling in the hold. Right. This is Star Lord <laughs> we're talking about. He's probably got the galactic equivalent of like half a Twinkie in there. <laughs> now I'm thinking about how much I would overpack if I had a spaceship. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, but you can't because it's a spaceship and it costs like $5,000 for every kilogram or something stupid. This is my fantasy spaceship. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't abide by these uh, the rules of You just turn on the, the inertial dampers and the cargo hold fits whatever it fits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what did you guys think of uh, the movie not just turning into a romp, but also like a trip back through like the greatest hits of the MCU up to this point. Did that work for you? Did that not work for you? Did you even consider it? I didn't even think about it. I was just so in the plot at no point. Did I actually really think about, about it in that, in that way, like oh, clip show, nor did it back to the future occur to me, despite all the back to the future references. (laughs) (laughs) What about uh, all good things? The next generation. finale. (laughs) Oh, I could see that. Because uh, supposedly Kevin Feige is, was on record as uh, being a huge fan of that and comparing Endgame to all good things. Oh. Which I also assume is why we get the Star Trek six style credits at the very end, but getting ahead of ourselves. Oh, like the credits for, yeah, credits for everybody. In... With the signatures? With the signatures, yeah. yeah. Oh. Because I looked it up, I was like, have other movies had the cast sign their name at the end and the only movie that came up was star trek six other than this one so i thought that you know the the going back to the high points of the previous movies worked really well like it it made for a really nice coda to this you know years long series of movies yeah it almost felt like a valedictory tour like we know this is basically it for the majority of these main cast members so let's have some fun yeah. Yeah, I like that too. The one issue I have with it being that if even as somebody who has seen all of these movies, it ended up being kind of hard for me. I couldn't remember some of it. 
I was like, okay, where are they going? Like, especially when Tony Stark and Captain America were saying like, oh, I know exactly where we're going to go. Well, they'll be there at the same time. And then they somewhere in New Jersey and then they go there and I'm like, where are we? <laughs> like, this is like the fifth place that we've gone back to. And like some of them, I definitely remember like Asgard and like a lot of the Captain America stuff. And it's, it was just like constantly thinking in my head. So that's the base where Captain America was born as the sign tells you right up front. But other than that, we hadn't actually been there before. Right. Yeah. That was new. It came a little bit fast for me to, in my head, figure out where we were for all of those different places, even though it was fun. They gave you a caption. That's why Ant-Man was there to make you see that it was okay to be confused about at least that one place. <laughs> right. <laughs> on, on a related note, I feel like with all of these movies together, I need some sort of infographic or flowchart to understand the Tesseract and where it is when. <laughs> So my understanding is that the Tesseract is in Norway for however many centuries. Red Skull pulls it out. It uh, powers a ship briefly and then burns through. And then uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. recovers it on the ocean floor. When does S.H.I.E.L.D.? Do we see S.H.I.E.L.D. recover it? Yeah, at the very end of uh, First Avenger. Okay. They're following the trail of the ship to find out where Steve Rogers went down. And they get to that point, And then I think at that point, that's roughly where the trail goes cold okay. because they have like the line. It's like, you know, keep searching or something like that. Okay. So the shield has in their possession for a while until Wendy Lawson borrows it for her, uh, light speed drive. As we saw in captain Marvel, that seems to happen sometime I'm guessing in the eighties. And then, uh, it's inside the Florican until the Florican coughs it up. And then, and then it gets stored in the base again until it, gets stolen in avengers yeah so it's in the base until it gets stolen by loki and then the stuff happens with the tesseract in avengers one okay with his big machine and everything on the stark tower or avengers tower at that point i don't remember which right so what then, happens to the one that loki took in in the yeah end game and what happens line? to loki uh i don't know for certain i'm willing to wager that the answer to that is in the loki disney plus series that I haven't seen yet, but I believe from what I've gleaned from pop culture is about time shenanigans and such. So, okay. yeah, so it is yeah. definitely the most confusing to understand of of any of the stones. Yeah, because they, they reuse it so many times, so many different movies. Oh, yeah. So I guess at some point when it was in Shields possession, in the 70s, it went to Lehigh base rather than Project Pegasus. Yeah. So, but I think it's still in all those cases in Shield's possession. But speaking of yeah, some of the, like the timeline shenanigans, I always found it sort of weird that the movie goes to pains to be like, oh yeah, this time travel doesn't work the way you think it does in the movies. It works this other way with you know branches and stuff coming off, and then events happen where you're like, well wait, doesn't this make like a dying branch or something? Like, how can they kill Thanos here? But also, he killed other people after he died. Stuff like that. Just me? All right. No, yeah. It's, no, yeah. I, I, I do have to agree. And it's been, what, three years since this movie came out, almost. And I don't feel like there... I mean, obviously, they mentioned, you know, several other movies with time travel in them. And you know, Back to the Future being, I would say, probably the having the largest cultural footprint of any of them. But I don't feel like the Avengers Endgame approach to time travel 
really did have much of an impact. And I basically blame that on the fact that their approach really isn't a high concept approach. It's very convoluted. Yeah, I never really quite understood by the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. Why do they have to bring the Infinity Stones back to the past? But yeah, you can have this whole timeline that was screwed up by Thanos. Swinton said so. But then you've got this timeline yeah, where Thanos comes forward in time and gets killed. All right. So my personal yeah. theory on that. <laughs> that past is my, a different past than how did they bring it back to the same past again? My personal <laughs> theory on that, which the movie doesn't really say, but I think probably has to be the case. Like, I realize I brought this up, but now I'm going to attempt to defend it. Um, is no, no, that, please, please. We, we need to figure this out. <laughs> is that when Iron Man uses the Infinity Stones... That includes things like the reality stone, which allows him to successfully remake reality in such a way that it doesn't create one of these damaged branches of time. That would be my guess, is it's the power of the Infinity Stones, letting them sort of rewrite the timeline rather than create a new timeline. I see. The the CDRW approach. (laughs) Then could he do that with the stones that he had to and say that I don't have to bring those back either? I mean, as long as we're Uh, doing whatever we want with the reality stone. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe if you made a conscious decision to do that, possibly. But I think the larger worry was just like, you grab the time stone from 2012 New York, and then you just hang on to it in 2023, four, and then it's just there now. And so then it doesn't get to ever go back and you didn't actually use it. And so time breaks because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it would have been if there had been some sort of consequence we could have seen. Maybe it would have made a little bit more sense. I mean, I don't think this is like a, a game-breaking situation. Like, I was fine with it for the most part. But you're right. It is the sort of thing you have to talk about. Yeah, and I'm, my brain's always, you know, as a lifelong fan of Doctor Who, my brain is naturally predisposed to try and figure out time lines <laughs> and time paradoxes and how time works. And well, that I feel like it's like trying stuff. to conceptualize yeah. two different time dimensions. Aww. What would that be so like? So, like, my favorite. <laughs> so Are they orthogonal? We're on a tangent now, but my favorite version is in the original series of Star Trek, where in order to make their conception of time travel make sense, it has to be the case that a body can only occupy one particular place at any given time, regardless of where they are in their personal timelines. In other words, you could never meet yourself in the original series of Star Trek because you can't be in two places at the same time, even if for you, those are different parts of your personal time. Ah. It's like universe time. It's like a good, it's like a real, a real hard stop kind of interpretation. Yeah. It avoids, it avoids a lot of the, the pitfalls of time paradoxes. At least that's the, just about the only way you're going to get the ending of tomorrow is yesterday to make any sort of sense where they're just like, it's fine. Now we put him back. Like, what do you mean? You put what? <laughs> Like, oh, they didn't take photos of the Enterprise because now the Enterprise is here. And I was like, but you were that. What? So wait, what? Yep. Yeah. I probably even mentioned this on the podcast before, but my favorite part of Bill and Ted's excellent adventure is there's a scene where they say, oh, well, if we need these keys, I need to get my dad's keys to let all these historical figures out of jail. So after we're done, we'll just go back in time and we'll steal the keys and we'll put them behind the sign. And so they look behind the sign and there's the keys and they're like, oh, great. And they're like, okay, but we have to remember after we're all done, we have to go and get the keys and put them here. And then one of them says, why do we have to do that? It's, they're already here. 
They're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and the movie just moves on. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, a nice fun romp through uh, the MCU's past. Uh, get a lot of uh, fun new jokes about America's ass and such. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a meme I'd, I was, I'd been exposed to but didn't quite get. <laughs> I mean, I knew it was mm-hmm. his ass, but. You know, I wonder if I've actually been spoiled way more than I thought, and I just forgot all these memes because, like, <laughs> I only have so many years because they were three to store. Yeah. yeah, like they got pushed out the other side. You know, like the new memes just replaced them. But I didn't. I didn't know that it was him admiring his own ass. That was pretty funny. <laughs> or like Hulk mad about taking the stairs. Oh yeah. Oh, and uh, Robert Redford announcing his retirement and then showing up in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here's my question for you all, then. Black Widow or Hawkeye, who should have died on Vormir? What does should have mean? Uh, Is there a a meaning of should have that you're looking for? Like, if we were... If you were writing... If you were making the movie, which one would you choose? Which uh, one do you think was the appropriate choice to make? If they succeed, then Hawkeye gets his family back. It would be kind of, I don't know, maybe you want it to be super tragic and everyone comes back and then Hawkeye's dead. <laughs> I mean. It's his, it's his uh, price he has to pay for killing all those cartel guys. <laughs> so you laugh, but that was actually kind of my thought was that that's where they were driving this. So that like he'd done like all these horrible things, like, you know, ostensibly in the name of justice, et cetera. But, you know, he still murdered a bunch of people. And so that he would then sort of sacrifice himself as a way to to refer back to the original Avengers movie to make up for all the red in his ledger. And, and so when the movie then doesn't do that, it feels to me slightly unsatisfying. And that it doesn't is, even... It's kind of the safer option, I guess. And mm. that, that doesn't even get into the whole worry about how this vaguely feels like the woman sacrifices herself so all the male characters can feel bad about it. Right, well, yeah. Uh, it's hmm. yeah. So you're saying like, oh, he's got a bunch of he, he needs to uh, balance the books here. But doesn't Black Widow also feel the same way about all of the innocent people that I mean, well, heck, she was murdering innocent people. He's at least ostensibly murdering non-innocent people. Yeah, but I think just in terms of this movie, it's not brought up really that Black Widow killed tons of people whereas I in this think, movie no, it she is brought she, up that hawkeye killed tons of people because we see it like it's it's a blink and you miss it line i think but she does mention it i mean i guess just for me if i'm structuring a movie it's weird for me to go to the trouble of showing that our one-time hero has turned into a cold-blooded killer and then not really have any consequences to that like the the Ronin turn, I don't think is adequately justified. Like they don't adequately explain it in the movie. But I feel like if they were to then, after inadequately explaining it, use it as justification for getting rid of the character entirely, that would be a bit too much. Like there's only so much you can take, I think. Like I'm saying, I'm saying you can bend these things, but you can't break them without consequences. I th- agree with you, Adam, that like it seems like it would be better for Hawkeye to die, but it's only if his family can't come back, right? If he knew his family was permanently dead, then I think it 
might mean a little bit more for that to happen. But like when you know they're coming back or they could potentially come back if this all succeeds, then it's like it's just weird for him even to want to do that. Well, he feels bad about all the murders. He well, I mean, yeah, but I, I think I it mean, works. Yeah, he could have dug into it more, maybe. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I'm. I don't know. If you had the time in a three-hour movie so, to dig so, into I mean, it more, they clearly both really wanted to die. <laughs> they make that very clear in that scene. <laughs> Car and I watched. They, they fought it and, very hard over the privilege to sacrifice. And we were themselves. like, "Yeah, what if they both did it?" <laughs> and Ruskell was like, "Ah, oh, <laughs> what do I do <laughs> you now?" Infinity <laughs> Stone cheat. <laughs> <laughs> You just show up with the uh, you and five of your best friends. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I I guess I don't know that I love an explanation of it might make other characters sad. <laughs> well, it's just like it was the weird thing about Captain Marvel too, where Maria Rambeau was going to go up in the spaceship. And I'm like, well, it's weird to totally discount the idea of a parent wanting to be alive. So. F- if you bring up how you're a parent again, I'm going to quit this podcast. <laughs> you just need to become a parent yourself so that you can uh, relate to Charlie again. <laughs> or tell me why I'm wrong, because you know from experience. I'm going to start bringing up uh, as an incel. I'm, I'm, I'm very unfair portrayal. <laughs> Sorry, what were we going to actually say? Very improperly represented demographic. I assume that that's why I identify with Thor in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's living the life. He's just gaming. He's at his gamer pad with his bros (laughs) on So you guys are cool with Black Widow being the the one who sacrifices herself? Uh, I mean, if you have to choose, which you do have to choose, she wanted it more. They don't love Red Skull, so they can't just throw him down there because it has to be someone you love. It's there's it's a lose lose. It's the difference between who's going to get a prequel and who's going to get a series that can happen after this. (laughs) Right. Oh, and they're (laughs) like, well, she did a lot of cool stuff back when she was a cold blooded killer. (laughs) So it's the end of an era in one very significant way. And that is our final Stanley cameo. Oh yeah, I didn't actually yeah, I, expect it. I didn't it. even realize there was because I didn't know. Yeah. Yep, that's all. Just pointing that out. I'm trying to remember yeah, when no. that when that was. 1970. Oh, okay. It's when they go back to the 70s. Okay. Yeah, yeah. he drives by in the car that says "Enough said" on the bumper sticker. Uh, okay. Which is a Stanley catchphrase, if you don't know. Part of me did wonder if there was significance to the license plate starting with 420. i mean it was 1970 like he's just a drugged out hippie (laughs) seems like it was a pretty popular activity (laughs) and then so yeah so we go through a romp and then we get a big fight scene at the end oh a big fight scene big fight scene big everybody Mm -hmm. almost everybody except the people who are dead and not coming back oh yeah so all the characters from all the MCU movies come and have a big fight. This is just, it's ultimate showdown, right? <laughs> <laughs> if you're not here, you're dead. So like Vision, Black Widow, who else are we missing? It's probably easier to just list the people who aren't there. Yeah. 
That might be it. And Gamora's there. <laughs> of, of, of hero character. Yeah, geez. By technicality, different timeline, therefore. Oh, I mean, I guess, like, Loki and Heimdall and, like, those guys aren't there. Uh, okay. That's true, yeah. So if you but, died yeah. pre-snap, you stayed dead. Yes, except for Gamora. Well, I mean, it's a different Gamora. It's alternate timeline Gamora. Right. Ugh, to echo Deadpool, these timelines are so confusing. <laughs> so yeah, anything you want to talk about in the in the fight scene? Uh... Captain America being worthy, uh, the way everybody comes back, the way Thanos lets them have a moment's peace so everyone can come back instead of you know, I'm, continuing I'm to attack to Captain anime. America. That's fair. <laughs> you gotta let them talk it out a little bit. Do you have some flashbacks, you know, say that they're not afraid anymore. Maybe something about like the power of friendship. <laughs> so you're just describing like three straight seasons of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> three straight episodes of charging the spirit bomb. <laughs> Only <to miss. laughs> I thought the uh, Steve Rogers being worthy was pretty sweet. I found that very effective in the moment like i was just i was into it yeah it's a nice moment oh and the line where he finally gets to say avengers assemble which is a big comic book line and so in the theater at least that got a cheer nice i guess i didn't realize that no one really ever said it before were they about to was that the end of a movie where he just said avengers or something and then didn't get to say it age of ultron yeah yeah the implied assembly just the (laughs) the movie of teasers He's going to lift the hammer a little bit. <laughs> Give me half of the tagline. <laughs> Where was the Avengers headquarters? Was it right next to a dam? A lake. I was actually trying to figure a that lake. out. I was like, okay. I don't know it's where in the world lake. this is. I think it's, uh, it's upstate New York or something, right? Okay. They're like in the Adirondacks or something. Because suddenly Doctor Strange is like trying to control like a burst dam or like water coming off of a waterfall, like Maybe the waterfall didn't exist before, but now well, it does. I mean, and I was like, oh, okay, sure, this is the thing he's doing now. But it wasn't clear from before that 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 was a... Th- think about it, Charlie. So you build a fancy superhero base next to a lake, right? Now, this fancy superhero base is going to be one of those bases with, like, a massive underground complex, right? So then everything's fine, but the space aliens show up. They just lay waste to your base everything just falls down you know to the 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 bottom most level essentially just just collapses down and now you've got this huge void right next to the lake or you know with a few more explosions that water just wants to go into the void or hear me out here when you fire missiles at the ground they create craters that too ain't sure We we need we need to consult with some geotechnical engineers on this. Uh, <laughs> what you don't think they did uh, as part of their planning process? They were like, "All right, how would this work?" I'm sure they did, and then and then uh, disregarded it because it was not exciting enough. Whoa, 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 like, whoa, oh, yeah, whoa, that would, whoa, whoa! With that kind of impacted, you know, you got two, three days. I would say, <laughs> Paul, maybe with how'd... some rainfall. <laughs> I can't believe you're suggesting that geotechnical engineering reports would not be exciting enough. You know, do I even know you? <laughs> I like watch, watching uh, Grady on practical engineering on YouTube <laughs> as much as the next guy. <laughs> I, I love learning about dams and sewers. 
but you know those reports are long and i'm glad (laughs) there's someone to read them for me and then and then speak a condensed version over some nice drone footage footage of a wizard holding back a uh, a lake of water with a tornado well a water yeah i i kind of love that every time you see dr strange you're like well he's doing the right thing for sure i trust him (laughs) that's what he's got to do Everyone oh, else is like, well, so, are they are they following the right timeline? So they're following the right timeline. And so is the assumption here that if he tells Tony Stark that Tony's going to die, then Tony isn't going to go through with it? I don't know if it's that think, explicit, but, but I think it's just the version where Doctor Strange tells Tony what's going to happen in any version leads to a failure. For whatever reason, whether that's a psychological thing on Tony's behalf or some other reason. Yeah, like I I did kind of take it as like the, you know, fear of death and leaving his, you know, family behind, but not necessarily in that he wouldn't do it. But just even the doubt, even the little seed of doubt would alter things too much. Yeah, I just assumed Dr. Strange checked that version didn't work out. And that's why he's like, I can't, if I tell you, it won't happen. He's like, he saw that if you told him it didn't happen. The only version is the one finger version. (laughs) Two fingers doesn't work. (laughs) No fingers. It could be a version where he tells him that they're going to win. And then like he gets overconfident and then gets killed and then they lose. Right. Stuff, something like that could happen. I guess we discussed this with infinity war. He basically went through all of these things and then just stopped the first time he found a success. We don't actually know that. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, this worked. I'm sick of doing this. We're just going with it. Hey, you know, (laughs) could you explain? No, we're going with it. And then part of me finds the, the the female team up in the battle (laughs) scene. Part of me finds that kind of cheesy and a little bit. I, I it's a little on the nose. I was was like, this is like kind of, cool but it's like i don't know it's kind of done a little bit it's a little bit much the way it was executed because right, i was yeah. like why doesn't she just fly over the top of everybody yeah. <laughs> so part of part of me does feel that way, how did but, they all get here together <laughs> like but every time brianne watches this movie and gets to that scene she cheers loudly so i can't really begrudge it there for yeah. clearly it's doing what it's setting out to do so yeah, it isn't like it's for us for, is what you're saying for her part Kara yeah. also does not like that scene she Ooh. thought it, she was she's right with you there so is it because it's too on the nose yeah basically almost somewhat pandering i mean and so we had talked about how she felt about captain marvel and then also uh wonder woman which had come out a little bit before that and she liked both of those particularly wonder woman but yeah didn't like that scene in endgame but I, I think it would be interesting just to poll lots of people about what they thought about that scene. I wonder if it'd be like an even split or it'd be one way or the other. But uh, what what was Kara's opinion on America's ass? Oh, I, I would have to ask her. <laughs> I don't think we uh, discussed that. Was that for the ladies as well? Is what I'm asking. <laughs> My guess is she was I pro, was but I, I won't it. speak for her. <laughs> I feel like it was a lot bit more flattering shot in like the in like the payoff, you know, when he's know. when he's on the on the ground versus like the standing from a distance because it kind of looks flatter from a distance. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because I question whether it was America's ass or whether it was America's stand-ins ass. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, okay. I mean, hmm. like, did they go to the trouble of, uh, you know, uh, compositing composite yeah, shot? Let's... Yeah. <laughs> or did they just throw some guy in a, and they're like, like Captain do we America need some suit. padding in here to, to <laughs> really accentuate it? Like, how, how much is this movie a, a, a movie about ass? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, big, powerful action scene and uh, sacrifice from Tony Stark and, and the denouement. I thought the Captain Marvel entrance itself was pretty cool. I was enthused about that. I think probably a lot because Captain Marvel is so fresh in my brain. I was like... Oh, duh, right, of course, she's finally here, because she was out doing the same thing in some equally dramatic, like, uh, battle somewhere else on some distant world that's in crisis. Yeah, part of me pondered the Captain Marvel problem of, once she's here, she's so overpowered that, like, all right, we're done. And so I thought they handled that. Captain Marvel just fly the ring into Mount Doom? (laughs) (laughs) And so it was nice that, I thought they handled that reasonably well. I could not get a handle on... All right, the first... So Infinity War kind of made sense because Thanos is gradually getting stronger. He's getting more Infinity Stones. So as the Avengers get together, like, they get their crap together, like, Thanos is getting stronger and he just barely overpowers them, right? But here he doesn't have any Infinity Stones for the majority of the battle. So he's just been that much of a badass the whole time? He's just that good of a fighter? Yeah, I mean, think of all the planets that he's killed half the population of, right? I assume they're not going down without a fight. They barely lose when he has all the Infinity Stones, but they are barely, they they can't even really quite get it together when he doesn't have the Infinity Stones. That surprised me. I like the interpretation that all of our heroes are weaker because they're out of training. I think it makes Uh, it more exciting that way. Okay. (laughs) I'm just thinking that the ones who made the difference in getting them to the point of almost beating him in Infinity War are all the people who got dusted at the end of Infinity War. But now you're back. just left with the, uh, yeah, yeah, dealing with a whole army. Uh, okay. Yeah, you know, like it was like uh, a couple dozen to one last time. Maybe just a dozen, but, you know. Like, I guess, what do you think should have gone differently? I'm not sure it should have gone differently. I. Th- what did you expect to go differently, I guess? Infinity War really presented it as if the Infinity Stones were what was giving him his power to defeat them. But then this yeah. movie comes in and says he doesn't have Infinity Stones, but he's still able to beat them almost. Okay, that surprised I have a me. Theory. I have a theory. He saw the recordings from Nebula, and it gave him the the power to believe in himself, <laughs> knowing that he was going to be successful. That he was able to fight like a true badass in that battle. Uh, I've mean, already established this is an anime. Like, he so. was, like he's able to just really power himself up without the power of the Infinity Stones, just through the power of believing in himself. Like I guess we don't know how much he actually uses the Infinity Stones in Infinity War for the fighting, right? Other than yeah. those moments when he needs to use them to change something because yeah, something went wrong. Clear, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they do go show pretty clearly that he's a strong fighter without it in the previous movie as well. If anything, maybe the gauntlet, unless you're utilizing the power, it's just kind of like a heavy thing on your hand. Otherwise, you don't get you don't get passive buffs. Just uh, <laughs> just new spells. 
just picturing something like Hawkeye picks up the uh, Infinity Gauntlet and a uh, little sign, you know, notification pops up. You are now over encumbered. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he walks really slow. His, his <laughs> roll is really slow. <laughs> I realized we didn't talk about uh, Professor Hulk at all. Oh, yeah. I quite welcomed the scene in the diner because I was ready for that level of uh, humor at the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the whole back and forth with the kids. <laughs> now he's like insisting that he take a picture. He's like, I don't want a picture with the kids. They don't want like, <laughs> I thought he was looking good. Yeah, that was I, like, good. I liked his, his, his style. Um, it seemed good other than looking a little bit CGI when watching him on the small screen here. Just just this kind of unnatural smoothness to his skin. Yeah, I noticed that a little bit, too. Not as bad as, like, Michael Douglas, but... Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also thought Slattery looked like he'd been de-aged as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I noticed anything about him. I mean, I, I'm sure he was, but I don't think I, that registered for me. Maybe because I wasn't looking for it. Uh, I don't know offhand what John Slattery just looks like, so... Yeah, they probably probably did a little bit, but yeah. Wouldn't have had to do too much, I don't think. So was it I I kinda missed like did he do some kind of procedure to fuse himself his halves together to maintain the Hulk form or something? Like what did he do? I don't know that they really say. He just he came up with a way to have, have Banner's brain in the Hulk's body, basically. Okay. Like he did he did some science. It wasn't like uh, Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't like I made a psychological breakthrough by meditating every every night and I became <laughs> no. one with my Hulk. He so. tried that. <laughs> I think they <laughs> that didn't work. I think they leave it vague. Yeah. To make sense. I just I I only really note that because Tilda Swinton like knocked him apart. Like Oh yeah. And oh. I thought that was interesting. Um I'm pretty sure there's precedent in the comics for Smart Hulk. There is. So David run. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so that to me didn't really like it barely even registered. And the bit of the early I don't think it's Stanley at that point might be Roy Thomas. There's a handful of early issues where he has Banner's braid and Hulk's body, but inevitably something goes wrong so it doesn't last. I think that was actually my first comic exposure to the Hulk was smart Hulk. It'd be about the right time, I think. So yeah, there is precedent in the comics. I don't know that the specific method is really even touched upon in here, but hey, it's a way to advance the character at least. That's true. Yeah, I mean, that's he needs something new to do. I think it works. Yeah, he really yeah. seemed like the most well-adjusted of all the Avengers, really, when it comes to that five-year period. Yeah, that's another meme, right? The, I see this as an absolute win. Yes, I remember that. I noted that in yep. my mind, like, oh, okay. That, and I don't think I will. So, funeral. Good funeral? Bad funeral? I thought it was good. Yeah. Too many cheeseburgers? Not enough cheeseburgers? I was, I was emotionally affected by it. Like, I didn't think anything, you know. I feel like with a funeral scene, it kind of just, I guess, you don't you don't have to do anything super special to, to do it right. Do we need to answer the question about the funeral scene that everyone had? Or does everyone know who that person was? I don't. Uh, I, I, I don't, remember. Uh, was it the the guy, young looking guy, standing by himself? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I didn't know who that know. was. That's the kid from Iron Man Three. Because I think that was that was the I general about that. question <laughs> that yeah, all the audience that. had. Was, was that? <laughs> I think it's funny how people 
don't believe that there could possibly be anyone at Tony Stark's funeral that we hadn't seen before. Like, he didn't have any other life <laughs> outside these movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course you must recognize <laughs> everyone he's ever met. I mean, you might have loved him. They, the camera work maybe left some room for, like, a whole, you know... A uh, group of like extended family, right. probably <laughs> that we just that no one cares about. I guess. They're, I guess I. Though. Who cares? <laughs> I figured it was you know a private Avengers deal rather than like his actual like a memorial rather than oh, his actual yeah. funeral. That makes sense because they were like at the lake and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's why we didn't see his casket. You know. Yeah, we just saw like the bouquet with the the Perfect. Iron Man one uh, arc reactor. Yeah, proof that Tony Stark has a heart. Yeah. So, Adam, you had asked uh, about the appropriate number of cheeseburgers. Yes. And I got to say, I think it was the appropriate number of cheeseburger references and quite possibly the most effective product placement ever because my mind instantly went to, oh, man, you could go for some Burger King right now. (laughs) (laughs) That long product placement, <laughs> you know, just just the payoff for the in-your-face product placement in Iron Man, just the callback to that. Just oh my gosh, I gotta go. I gotta meet Carl Weathers at Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get Steve Rogers going back in time, not coming back. Well, coming back but very slowly. He, he yes, comes back. He just yeah. takes the long way around. Yeah, yeah, he becomes the president. <laughs> well, I thought that was interesting. Out, I don't remember which of you pointed that out at the beginning. How he's talking about like trying to move on, even though you've had all this loss. But at the end of the movie, he's like, "Oh no, I get to go back and <laughs> live my life." Yeah, you don't need to move on. That's the lesson. Yeah, that 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 is the whole lesson of this movie. Yeah, Wait, hold change. on, hold on. You hold can on, change hold anything on. you want with time travel. Hold on. <laughs> is is Captain America incel? <laughs> or no, I guess he'd be Valsal. He's Valsal. He's Valsal. Yeah, he's he's saving himself for going back to the past. <laughs> you know, I just for some reason I, I hope this isn't off topic too much, but I always think about product placement, and then I realize how in a movie like this, it it admits that corporations will outlive half of the human race. <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, at least I can drink Coca-Cola in our future dystopia. (laughs) Ben and Jerry's was the one that I was thinking of. Like, oh, Ben and Jerry's. Oh, yeah, Ben and Jerry's. Upstate New York, you know. uh, It survived the apocalypse. It's just Jerry's now. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, are there things that you wanted to talk about that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet? I really like the uh, subversion of the Guardians of the Galaxy opening, where they they show Chris Pat at a distance, singing to himself and playing around with the little creatures and just looking like a doofus. <laughs> yeah, I really like that. That was good. Yeah, that's kind of where I let the time travel thing go too, where they knocked him unconscious, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is just a different time travel conceit, like they explained. I'm not gonna quite get it. So, because they essentially right there changed the past, because we knew that didn't happen. And they can't really undo that, so... All right. Do we know Different that didn't timelines. happen? Uh, I guess he could have fallen unconscious <laughs> in between shots and then yeah. got back up and started <laughs> dancing again. Oh, that was weird. Don't know that. <laughs> you know. 
<laughs> little little <laughs> do we know that Star Lord has heart failure. <laughs> He's like, all right, right, just after, right after I put on my compression socks. <laughs> Did feel bad about them giving him head trauma, though. That is, you know, you always think in, in, you know, people do that in movies so much, but hitting someone so hard on the head they pass out is like seriously dangerous. Yeah. Gonna wake up so confused. I actually like that they worked in some some just classic Guardians of the Galaxy style humor on the bridge there with Thor. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> where he's like, uh, I'm the leader. You know? <laughs> and Rocket's like, they should fight with knives. <laughs> yeah, and everyone's like yeah knives like everyone without exception is like hell yeah knives <laughs> it's been a while since we had a good knife fight yeah. Groot was especially into the knives I liked uh, Paul Rudd being like okay we got enough for everyone to go there and back plus two test runs one test run <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so Kara also hadn't seen Ant-Man and she thought that that probably was the movie that would have helped her most understand this better the first time she watched it and her question for me watching it this time was so is Ant-Man an idiot <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like I, he's, I, he's good at heists and he's like he's got like, like a savvy. master's in electrical engineering yeah that's true he's just a bit yeah, clumsy yeah, <laughs> he's sort of out of his element as like a hero a little bit. Yeah, right. right. He's he's a goof. He's an everyman. <laughs> he's clearly smart and competent, but he's not really. He wasn't really a born action hero, you know. Right. <laughs> like like if he has any superpower, it's affability. Right. But if this was mm, your only, youth. if <laughs> if this was your only exposure to him, you'd be like. Is he is he smart enough to do the things he's doing? Or <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, why do they trust this guy at all? I mean, Hank Pym was the brains behind that this operation. Is, uh, yes, Let's true. be fair. The last time that Ant Man did something on his own, uh, he ended up under house arrest for years, <laughs> and and his uh, co-workers on the run. So ultimately, what'd you think of Avengers Endgame? Would you willingly sit through the entire three hours again, or would you get up halfway through and say, I'm done? It's a very mundane either or this time. <laughs> Whoa, it's it's really like quite meta, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm just it's asking. Like thinking about watching a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm asking how many time space GPS devices out of 10 would you give this movie? I want to ask a question first, which is. How do you think we're supposed to rate this movie? Are we rating it with how we think it fits in with the movies that we've watched so far and how it makes us feel about everything as a whole? Or are we doing it within itself as a movie? Like how much we enjoyed watching this movie? Usually, I don't think there's a big or a significant difference in how I would rate it. But here, I think there is. I always just rate them as a, as a standalone movie. I mean, obviously, a lot of these things uh, you can't rate without the context at all it. of the other movies. But yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think you can watch, you can rate it as a standalone movie. But it's not designed <laughs> as a standalone movie, right? But I mean, I was just going to rate it based on just how much I enjoyed watching it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Same. And I, I guess and I, and I think that just 
you know, how well it fits in with the rest of them. I think that's just part and parcel of that, right? Like, yeah, if this was the first Marvel movie I'd ever seen, I'd probably give it a lower rating because there's a lot going on that isn't really explained. But it is very clearly not designed to be your first Marvel movie. Yeah. In a way, like, probably the majority of the other MCU movies are on some level designed to be that way. This very specifically is not. Like, I'm pretty sure they make it pretty clear, like, don't make this your introduction. This is this is not for the first time Marvel viewer. Like, at the very least, <laughs> fair see <fans>. Infinity War. <laughs> not even Fairweather fan. Like, I think Fairweather fan actually, you know, might get some, you know, would potentially get stuff out of this, right? But I think just the person who was like, well, I was born yesterday, and so my first movie is going to be Avengers Endgame. <laughs> I don't know that you that I could really separate those. I mean, maybe I could if I really thought about it, but that's not how I'm approaching it. Just like, given that, yes, we've seen all the previous Marvel movies, how much did I enjoy this movie? Like, I'm not trying to divorce myself from all other movies and treating it as a unique text or something. But I don't think the movie's designed that way. My personal opinion is that if you tried to do that, it feels like it would be a disservice to the movie. I see. Yeah. Just here's the difference for me. I think it works really well as sort of a culmination of Phase 3 and a follow-up to Infinity War. I don't think I enjoyed watching it all that much. Watching all of the payoffs happen one after the other, like minute after minute, and like all of these references to make me have to think back to everything that had happened up to that point. By the end, it was just a little bit almost numbing. Oh, here's this character coming back and this character coming back and this one and this one and this one. And Charlie doesn't want candy for breakfast, lunch and dinner. <laughs> I, That's an argument. Yeah, it's just I don't really know how to explain it other than that. Just like it was just a lot of movie. It's not even the length. Like, I, how do you get through and. Like, how are they supposed to do it? Like, how are you supposed to get through everything that you have to get through in three hours? Should it have been longer? No. Should it have been shorter? No. It's just, by the time I got to the end, I was like, that was just a lot. But looking back on it and talking with you, like, I really enjoyed that. Um, so you're suggesting that for you, at least, this may be a movie that improves with repeated, your enjoyment improves with repeated watchings as you're no longer necessarily having to actively track these things because you know some of it's coming yes i think that could definitely be true i think or if i wasn't act watching it as actively like you know i could turn it on and enjoy the different parts of it and not feel like i had to catch every little thing that was going on uh i'm gonna give it a seven out of ten was that quantum time space gps time space time space the little GPS devices. they were hit yeah the little buttons they were hitting to return yeah. on their wrists or whatever I don't, I, that's, I don't think that's an easy rating because, again, if this was just like me stepping back and saying, how does this work as as a whole? I think they did what they needed to do. But like you, your experience sounds a lot like my theater experience watching this movie. And I can say for sure. Yeah, it it does improve with repeated viewings. Both times viewing it, um, it's a very long movie, but it doesn't feel like it ever drags, which is honestly remarkable for such a long friggin movie yeah just um, to interject real quick like i was occasionally looking at the the little display on the blu-ray player and surprised at how much time had passed yeah i was like, like I was, oh wow I was it's already been an hour a, 
I was planning on taking a bathroom break, but I just couldn't. I did didn't want to. Yeah. I just I just powered through to the end. You know, I was like, I'm not gonna make it. But then, <laughs> by the time I hit hour two, I was like, okay, no more water. <laughs> <laughs> just unhooked your IV drip. <laughs> yeah. Time to dehydrate myself for the sake of uh, <laughs> end game. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very well done. Uh, other than the time travel is even after two viewings, still really confusing. That might just be because I'm an idiot. I can't no, rule that out. It's but, not just you. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> there's I when I googled the what is the name of the the time travel thing, whatever. Like I got tons of hits. Like time travel and Endgame explained. So it's not just you. Okay. I guess the the key thing is like so. I mean, it's it's been almost a decade. You know, by the time this movie came out, that we've been with these characters, and t- it does a really good job of being a send off for them. And I don't know that there's much more that you could even ask for as a viewer. So it's a tough one because I'm like kind of on the cusp here. But I gotta say, I'm gonna give this nine out of ten quantum time space gps devices because it's really well done the like basically the only real downsides i can come up with is it's so long that it makes it daunting to to want to rewatch it that is fair i mean that's that's like really the only (laughs) real complaint i have like y'all had daylight savings that i had to adjust to and I was like, so I have to start watching this movie at 2.30? All right. Paul, what did you think? So I, I uh, was really into this from start to finish. I knew I would probably like it, but yeah, like the runtime makes it kind of daunting. So I was like, this better be like, this better justify it. And I feel like it justified every single minute of it. It probably just says a lot about the movie that I like, I didn't even really feel able to critique it or like, think about things to say on the way through because i was just like really engaged with the plot really like just kind of enjoying every scene just loving the movie probably experiencing it the way you know they kind of intend like a a first viewing you know if you're like seeing in the theater and you've just come off the tale of previous movies pretty like fresh in your mind so i feel like i was like primed for like a perfect viewing experience i wasn't really spoiled on like the major developments either somehow so i was just you know i was like that you know enthused fan in the theater just delayed by a few years oh and i remember like kind of remarking like where i was like you know for such a long movie this isn't but it spent like a long time being not particularly action heavy and i was like so totally okay with that that i i was like really surprised you know like how much i was just enjoying all the all the moments maybe you know maybe it's somewhat the fan service of kind of gathering everyone in the in the post-apocalypse um but yeah i think i'm gonna give this a nine and a half quantum space time gps units just really liked it yeah so i think in the wake of infinity war where it ends on a downer I don't think people would have been terribly surprised if the movie had kind of continued that feeling, that tone of being fairly downbeat and epic in some regards, the way like Infinity War was epic. 
And while the movie does start like that, I really do appreciate how it decides at some point. One of the key things about the Marvel movies in general is that they're fun and we want to make sure that this is fun. And then they deliberately turn it into a romp. Like, I don't think there's a better word for it than just a romp. Like, we're going to screw around with our history and have fun along the way and we're going to bring you along for the ride. Like Doug uh, said, uh, it's three hours, but it doesn't feel like three hours. Like, they move at a nice pace. And yeah, is, is it a perfect movie? No, it's not a perfect movie. The time travel stuff's weird. Yeah, there's occasional plot points that just kind of leave you going, wait, what's happening here? I mean, I guess that's usually related to the time travel stuff. But Charlie asked at one point just like about like just general enjoyment of the movie. And what I can say is that when we started watching this movie today, I was in a grumpy mood because it's been a long day. And probably by like... By the time it turned to the romp, like I was completely on board and I was having a blast and I had a big smile on my face and just was enjoying it. And I felt like my grumpy mood disappeared until Charlie started complaining about the movie. And then I felt <laughs> it necessary to defend it. How dare you be happy, Adam? <laughs> That's right. Charlie, I got to give you kudos. You managed to do what nothing else could, which was get that grumpy mood back. Oh, wait. <laughs> so i mean like charlie was kind of talking i think a little bit in terms of like absolute enjoyment of the movie it's not a movie designed to stand completely on its own and i don't think that means it's therefore a bad movie or anything like that so just continuing to look at my other ratings and just rating it in comparison to other movies my initial thought was like this is probably an eight but then I see that like Iron Man 2 and Civil War are both 8s. And this is a little better than that. So I'm actually going to move this to 8.5, uh, which for me puts it on par with Infinity War and uh, like Iron Man 3. And that feels right to me, even if they're, you know, they're different movies, like in terms of just my enjoyment, that's about right. So eight and a half time space GPS devices out of 10. The uh, the half a device uh, is is one that's out of PIM particles, so it doesn't actually work. But yeah, 8.5. And I don't know, since Kara wasn't on the episode, whether she gets a rating or not. But I asked her what it would be, and she said, uh, this time around, it'd probably be a 7. But when she was in the theater, I don't know, she felt like it's exactly what she wanted to see in that situation. Just like a fun movie. Like she said multiple times, she had like a bucket of popcorn, and we're just going to relax and sit down for three hours. And she she enjoyed it very much for that. Like even without the context of you know, about half of the movies, maybe, that you would need to understand everything, I guess, as well as we did as a group. So she liked it more the first time? Is that what you said? I think so, yeah. Yeah. All right, so I'll mark, the theater her, down experience, for, yeah. I'll mark her down for a 15 out of 10. <laughs> oh, and Celeste gives it, uh, I asked Kara, how many out of 10 would you give it? And then Celeste yelled out 11. <laughs> so there you go. So thanks for joining us on our conclusion of 2022's Mary Marvel Movie March Madness. When we return to the Mary Marvel Movie March, it will be for the June 2019 uh, film, uh, number 68 in our March. Uh, the one that all critics agree is a movie that is Dark Phoenix. So we hope you join us for that. I'm Adam Gobeski. I'm Charlie Wallace. Uh, special thanks to our two game guests. Still game after three hours of recording. Doug Gobeski. Whew. <laughs> that is... I mean, I wasn't feeling it until you mentioned just, you know, just now how long it's been. We have to wow. record for longer than whatever movie we watched. 
feel I feel like it's been five years. You know? I've been sitting Jeez. on this spot on my couch for sixteen hours now. <laughs> <laughs> you mean without getting up at all? I've been getting up. Okay. But this has been my day since eight thirty to now twelve thirty AM. You're like old man Steve Rogers. My my life. What happened to my life? <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's how old man Steve Rogers felt. No. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he was like, man, so, I really should uh, Yeah, old man Paul right is not, uh, I don't think quite as fulfilled okay. as old man Steve Rogers in this situation. <laughs> okay, I, I, okay, I have one thing that I would have for sure changed if I were making this movie. And it's at the end, instead of having Steve Rogers just on a bench, I would have had them all just standing around, you know, being like, where, where is he? And you hear a motorcycle in the distance get closer, and it's Steve Rogers on it. Still old man Steve Rogers, but on a motorcycle. Not in a Corvette, like a 60s Corvette. <laughs> like a real Joe Biden move. Yeah, like a real Joe Biden. <laughs> Feeling out. <laughs> Sunglasses on. Doing donuts in the parking lot of David Buster's. <laughs> <laughs> Man, his dad could really drive a car. <laughs> I don't think Paul has outroed yet. I don't think we've. I don't think you've outroed Paul yet. No, I oh. haven't. Paul Wilcox. <laughs> I was trying to. I think I had something to say, but I think I already said it. Because <laughs> I. <laughs> Hey, thanks for coming along on that wacky adventure with us. You can see more of it on Facebook and Twitter. And it says we have a website, www.gobeskywallsreport.com, with more zany antics. Is this really what you wanted me to say? I think that's the best reading we're going to get, so. Fun for the whole family, including Grandma. And Grandpa. Oh, it's down at the bottom. And Grandpa. You always forget Grandpa. Let's do it again. Are we allowed to watch this movie anymore? Are we going to be canceled by all the Russophobics? Wait, what is what is <laughs> about this movie? <laughs> what? He's making a pun. Just ignore it's, it. It's, it's getting it's, cut. It's, so. <laughs> oh, come on. It's gold. I like that pun. It was directed by the Russo brothers. I might oh. cut it for time, but I thought it was funny. Okay. Our, our current <laughs> that's Russophobic a, that's a, environment, you know. Classic knowing the director, uh. Oh, come on! They show it right on the screen in big letters. Yeah, I remember all the big letters. <laughs> <laughs>